its energy surrounds us and binds us. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to Carbonite Convos. Uh, this week, uh, diving into a little bit of stuff about Master Yoda. Uh, Nick's prepared a really interesting story, uh, some things we've learned over the past few months about uh, Yoda. So Nick, man, if you want to take this thing away, go for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Yoda is one of the most interesting characters in the whole Star Wars story. One of the one of the things making him so interesting being that we have no clue who he is on a certain level. We know that he's 900 years old when he dies. He's trained thousands of Jedi. Um, you know, Count Dooku was his apprentice. He's well. He's had so many apprentices throughout his millennia, but. The most interesting thing is that we don't know where he came from, especially after the introduction of the child in The Mandalorian. It just kind of furthered those thought, those questions of where is this species from? I know we have Yaddle in, um, in, on the Jedi Council in the prequels as well. So it really just brings up a lot of questions again of where are where do all these characters come from where what are their backstories what's their species and it's a really interesting story as to why pretty much why they don't have one yet hopefully a lot of this information comes from a about a 25 minute interview with George Lucas and Hayden Christensen the layout was pretty much fans sent in questions to both of them and they just talked back and forth and answered it so one of the questions was why don't we know Yoda's species and his backstory? And George gave the, an awesome answer, and it was really just very interesting. So it pretty much comes down to, in the original movie, Obi-Wan was actually supposed to survive until the end of A New Hope, um, and Yoda just didn't exist. However, as George Lucas kind of went through the the beginning phases of shooting A New Hope, he realized that when it came to the final battle where they're about to blow up the Death Star... Um, Obi-Wan had nothing to do but sit around and pretty much do nothing like Leia um, and just kind of watch the battle. After A New Hope moves into Empire Strikes Back, let's say Obi-Wan didn't die, George Lucas said that just like he sat around in that final fight scene when they were destroying the Death Star, he would have sat around pretty much the entire movie of The Empire Strikes Back. Um, he, you know, He taught Luke how to use the Force and stuff like that. Um, but he felt that Alec Guinness was too noble and that he played the character too well to just have him standing around and virtually doing nothing when you're looking at the actual, um, you know, in-depth themes of the movie. Um, so he eventually decided to kill Alec Guinness off, well, kill Obi-Wan off. Um, so when he killed him off, he needed to replace his physical form in Empire Strikes Back. Um, so he made him come back as a Force Ghost. So he could do certain things as that Force Ghost, um, but he needed to have someone physical there. He killed him off in a metaphysical way, but he still needed someone there in you know the physical form. So he couldn't really do everything that that physical body could do. So that's where he threw Yoda... Um, through Yoden, and before they made these movies, George knew exactly where the characters came from. He knew what their backstory was. He knew what made them them. So when he threw Yoda in, it was very last minute, and he just didn't really have time to think of a backstory. Um, he was just kind of this mystery character that just kind of came in when he was needed, 
came out and he was just that that character that was very mysterious as uh, George described him. So that's pretty much why Yoda doesn't have a species. He it's because Yoda almost didn't exist in you know at all. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the gist of it. What what do you think? No man, first off, that's that's awesome. That's you know when I saw that interview for the first time, which by the way. Um, if anyone haven't, hasn't seen that yet, we'll include a link to that in the description because uh, I think that's a really important thing to uh, go watch. Um, just the fact that you know the conversation between two of Star Wars' most iconic people um, is is really interesting, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, but you know, I think that's that's great, and I think you covered it really really well. I think it's so ironic that this character that was literally thrown in. Like, like, oh man, this is like a, you know, some super glue, you know, plug, plug these holes ended up being considerably the most favorited character in all of Star Wars. I mean, you, you think of Star Wars, right? You either think of in the, in the most generic sort of way to this normal person, you think of Yoda, you think of Darth Vader, think of Luke maybe, but like, that's, that's it. Like that, when, yeah. when you're looking at a blank piece of paper, that's what Star Wars essentially is. And for him to strike gold on something that he put so little effort into, um, just you know, amazes me. I think that's that really sums up George's legacy as a whole, um, because this entire franchise could have been a flop from the start, but he did it at exactly the right time. He had everything planned out in his mind, and it was just a matter of putting those ideas and those themes and all of that emotion onto a piece of paper and getting that on the screen. So it, it is really interesting that, what, like you said, one of the most favored characters in Star Wars was just kind of that super glue character that was just thrown in at the last minute. And it kind of makes me wonder whether there are any other characters like that. I looked around a little, but there isn't, isn't one that's as significant as Yoda. And that was just that last minute and that crucial, you know, because when you, when you look at Yoda and the empire strikes back, he's very, you know, I don't, I don't want this to come off the wrong way because I don't think he's annoying at all, but you could tell Luke's annoyed by him and he's just kind of that little naggy, annoying character. You don't understand why he's talking, um, backwards for the most part. You don't understand why he's just nagging Luke. He looks like just a little creature that's just kind of there for the ride. Um, and then you notice that He's this wise master Jedi that's been alive for 900, 900 years and knows arguably almost all there is to know about the Force. Obviously, he doesn't know everything, you know, for reasons that we don't need to explain. But it is interesting to to see how that character evolved pretty much out of nothing when all the other characters in the movie had such a such a storied past, you know? Very in-depth. Definitely. I think it, in, in my personal opinion, I kind of think that the mysteriousness of him has definitely added to why people enjoy him because, like I said, like, you know, the whole organization, top to bottom, from George Lucas' first script to where it is now is really, really high quality. Every character, you know, every film, every story... Um, so it kind of, you know, makes fans happy to know that even though he didn't put a ton of effort into, 
into Yoda himself because of the quality that surrounds him. Like he was by fault, literally an, an incredible character that yeah. was born. No, for sure. So kind of switching gears, how does, how do we compare Yoda? I'm not going to focus on whatever a species is in the prequels because, you know, they don't have, they don't resonate with us like Yoda. But I think one character that does is the child, baby Yoda. I know he's not a baby Yoda, but, you know, he's a baby Yoda species. Um, how do you feel about about the child? Because that just, I remember right when right when you saw his face in The Mandalorian, you just... With shock. Oh, yeah, I got goosebumps. I was like, this is the Star Wars that you know, brought so many fans together. And it was, I think it came at a time where, you know, the Skywalker saga was about to come to an end and you kind of wondered where are all these characters going to be or wh where are all these types of characters going to be that I grew up with. And then, you you know, we grew up with Boba Fett, Jango Fett with the classic Mandalorian armor. So we had that already in the Mandalorian. And then we have Queel, who's um, an Ugnaught. So we, we have these characters that have been around but not on that level. So it was very interesting. Of, it helps connect to the the original trilogy and those sort of things. It's kind of kind of pulls on the heartstrings a little bit, makes it nostalgic, even though it's it's new. It does, and one of the most interesting things about it is the child is fifty years old in the Mandalorian, and if you do the math, Yoda's alive at the time of the child's birth. So it just makes you wonder: Did he ha is you know, is Yoda at all related to the child? How did the child get from point A to, you know, where Mando picked him up? It's There's all these questions, and now you have the armorer telling Mando, you either raise him as your own, or you find out where he's from. So that's, I think that could be an awesome oh, yeah. theme for season two, season three, but, you know, you never... Yeah, unreal. I love it. Also, going off the Mandalorian, if nobody, if you haven't watched the gallery on Disney Plus, I highly, I highly recommend it. I know each episode. There's eight episodes. I, I think each episode dives into a key aspect of the film. So I of the of the series. So I just watched episode seven, and it was about the music, and it was incredible. It showed exactly how the composer did the score for this for for the Mandalorian and it's absolutely amazing how different it is but sorry I'm going back to the series as a whole how different it is from Star Wars but how similar it is um right. so that was just kind of a side note you got to watch the gallery on Disney plus it's an easy watch it's only like 30 40 minutes and it's just a lot of information and a lot of emotion comes out of it the point you made a second ago about you know what I thought about the child and you know, how does that correlate back to Yoda? Okay. So this is something that I think a lot of Star Wars fans don't like, but then also a lot appreciate myself being a fan who appreciates this sort of thing is that they played really, really heavily on fan favorite characters. So like the continuation of Darth Maul per, per se in Clone Wars and Rebels and all that. And then obviously trying to further enhance Yoda or his species in the Mandalorian. Um, a lot of people don't like the fact like, Oh, they're just, you know, trying to make money and appease to like those characters that people love. And I'm like, 
No, obviously. I want to know know more, right? Exactly. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to love it. Like, come on, there's no reason not to. Like, why are they going to make a character? Like, why are they going to expand on a character that everybody loves? Everybody loves them. Like, we want to. Exactly. Completely agree. Yeah, but sorry, Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That was just like... You're good. Sparked a um, nerve. Right. It, and it's, it's, a hot, it's a hot take. Uh, it's a, a very controversial topic uh, among fans. Uh, but I, you know, myself, is, I'm, I'm, I'm completely on board um, with that sort of thing. Um, so going back to um, the, the interview um, and something that, you know, obviously Yoda's birth or, or, or origin came from George wanting to kill off Ben, ben Kenobi's physical form. Okay. And I love that he mentioned that in that interview. Okay. He's talking about how noble of a character Ben was, that him dying added so much more to the story and made all of his past. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this. Everything he did up to that point, it made it even more heroic because of the way he died. Okay. And I'm going to kind of compare that to like Iron Man in the MCU. Right, his death adds so much story and or so much depth to his story arc. Right, everything he ever did, every person he ever saved, every hero he, or every villain he defeated, every hero he worked with, his death made all of those events magnify times a thousand. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. I agree. And I love that he did that with 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 Obi Ben. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think I think that was really really. Uh, good move on his part, and I think that really made a difference in the uh, in the longevity of of the trilogy. Yeah, and you know, I don't mean to go down a completely different path because you know I know we're getting right, we're getting a little off topic. But you know, so much conversation stems from one topic. Think of Ben's death. Think of that death and what that did for the Force, because. Ben described the force as it's an energy energy field that surrounds all living things. It binds us. It penetrates us. It uh, what was it? It binds the galaxy together. Um, that sorry, it surrounds us. It penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. So you don't. How do you put the force into? How do you see physically see the force? Um, we didn't really see it too much i'm trying to think back to a new hope we didn't really see any physical use of the force you know i know obi-wan when he's turning off the tractor beam he kind of does this and the stormtroopers look the other way i know the jedi mind trick he plays on the stormtroopers obviously that's the force and then in the prequels obviously we see force lightning we see force push we see you know it's unlimited but i think what makes the force so complex was Ben's death and how he could communicate with him even right. in death. That, because at the time, we, we didn't know about Qui-Gon. No, no. And that was something they had to write in later. How did Ben learn this? Obviously, he learned it from Qui-Gon because Qui-Gon trained him on Tatooine how to communicate with people when he died. So his death brings this just sense of immortality to star Wars and the force. And that's, I think what really is something we don't understand, but it's something that, you know, we all, I always want to learn more about it. It's so interesting. And it kind of leads into next week's episode, which is how we we're going to talk. 
with a local pastor about how Star Wars and religion really kind of coincide specifically through the Force. So I think that's a it, it's a really cool topic when we're talking about the Force and you think we're going go back to the original conversation, you know, what is Yoda's species? Think of what Ben's death has done. Ben's death amplified the true meaning of the Force by a thousand because it meant immortality for for human life and just life in general, but it also created it also paved the way for arguably one of Star Wars's best characters in Master Yoda. So it, it is definitely a, a really, really cool topic. Right. Completely agree, man. I think I, I so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pull in a, a story here. Um, and I know it's not anything to do with Star Wars or anything, but there's a scene in Family Guy. Okay. Yeah. And it's a repetitive joke where there's a husband and a wife, uh, and the wife's like, oh, you bought a bunny farm with no no rabbits. And what do you think? A million rabbits are just going to fall from the sky? And something in that episode beforehand, for some reason, like rabbits are like, jumping out of airplanes or something ridiculous. And like all of a sudden, like a thousand rabbits just land all around them. And he's like, oh, I told you. For some reason, that's that was the first thought in my mind <laughs> when George Lucas says, oh, you know, I kind of just threw them in there. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, like, what are you going to just fill fill the void with some random character and hope it strikes gold. Yep, pretty much. And that's yeah. what happened. And the thing is is he didn't even need to strike gold. He did right. it didn't it's not like it's not like when George was thinking of this character he needed to be okay, we're killing off Ben, but we need to replace him with someone who will carry Star not carry Star Wars, but someone who the fans will absolutely love. Every who people can connect with and just be genuinely curious about. That's not what he was. Because in that interview, he says, yeah, I just threw in Yoda, a little two-feet creature with... Big like, green ears. Big green ears. And it's like, that's all it was. He cre- he drew up this little... This tall, this arguably this tall, fat ears, and it became an icon. And it's it's just incredible how that plays out. Right. I agree, man. It's yeah. it's really cool. I want one of those little backpacks. It's uh, you know, it has the straps, and the backpack is Yoda. I see those yeah. at Disney all the time, and those are dope. I see right. them at Comic Con too, but they're uh, they're dope. Um, do you have anything? Any other ideas? Anything else coming to mind before we head out? I, mean, I highly recommend those whoever whoever hasn't watched that interview between Christensen and George Lucas, go do it. Because I think that, you know, obviously that coming out before Revenge of the Sith, um, you know, people, it talks about, you know, when Haydenson wore the the Vader suit for the first time. uh, And, you know, just like those little things that people are just genuinely curious about. And being being fans, I just, we, we love that sort of thing. So Definitely. It was, what I thought was interesting was the complexity of the questions that George was getting. And the, kind of the simplicity of the questions that Hayden Christensen was getting because, it was, I, I don't know, I just thought that was funny because Hayden got kind of got the fluff questions, but they're, they're still interesting. But George, I was glad to see he got some in-depth questions and we got some really good answers out of him. Really good answers. Yeah. It seemed like he took his time too when he was, because I'm sure he was he was asked that beforehand so we could have something prepared. Yeah, and he's... It seemed like he really took his time and reflected on those because his answers are 
really quality. Yeah, and he's a brilliant dude, clearly. He had this whole universe in his mind, and it's just like, it's what else do you have in there? Just pulled it, pulled it out of a hat, man. Definitely. Like, I'm going to make this movie and, see, and took off, which is exactly. incredible. That doesn't, that doesn't just happen, you know? It doesn't. Fate. It was crazy. But yeah, you know, we don't want to keep you guys guys here too longer. Um, you know, just like at the end of every show, thank you for those who watched uh, the last couple videos. I know we talked about General Grievous, Palpatine. We did a couple trailer reactions with the new Miles Morales game and the new Star Wars Squadrons game, which is going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm excited for those games. Definitely. Man. While we're talking about Squadrons, really quick, did you see that they came out with like a joystick um, controller? So it's good. I think the way I was reading it, you can have VR and then you have like, you know, the little, little joystick, like kind of like those games that like Dave and Buster's. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it's kind of like the old Nintendo 64 car wheels, but it's like a very complex spaceship. So I, <laughs> I can't wait for that. I'm going to have to drop some coin, but I go kart of the pie fighter. Exactly. Again, just thank you everybody for, uh, for keeping up with us. Um, like us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything. We're on Spotify, Apple Mute, Apple Podcasts, at Carbonite Combos. Let us know your feedback. We really want to hear it. We're trying to connect with more Star Wars and Marvel podcasts in the community, but we really do want to hear your feedback, and uh, we want to do whatever interests you guys the most. Um, but I, I think I, I think I, that's that's everything I got. You got out. Like, favorite, retweet everything you just said, man. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, and hopefully, we'll see you next time. All right. May the force be with you guys. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs>